0: Chapter 10. Strider Frodo, Pippin and Sam made their way back to the parlour. There was no light. Mary was not there and the fire had burned low. It was not until they had puffed up the embers into a blaze and thrown on a couple of faggots that they discovered that Strider had come with them. Here he was, calmly sitting in a chair by the door. Hello, said Pippin. Who are you what do you want? I'm called Strider, he answered. And though he may have forgotten it, Your friend promised to have a quiet talk with me. You and I might hear something to my advantage, I believe, said Frodo. What do you have to say? Several things, answered Strider, but of course I have my price. What do you mean? asked Frodo sharply. Don't be alarmed. I mean just this. I would tell you what I know and give you some good advice, but I shall want a reward. And what will that be? pray, asked Frodo. He suspected now that he had fallen in with a rascal, and thought uncomfortably that he had brought only a little money with him. All of it would hardly satisfy a rogue, and he could not spare any of it. No more than you can afford, answered Strider with a slow smile as if he guessed Frodo's thoughts. Just this. You must take me along with you until I wish to leave you. Oh, indeed, replied Frodo, surprised, but not that much relieved. Even if I wanted another companion, I should not agree to any such thing until I knew a good deal more about you and your business. Excellent, exclaimed Strider, crossing his legs and sitting back comfortably. You seem to be coming to your senses again, and that is all to the good. You have been too careless so far. I will tell you what I know, and leave the reward to you. You may be glad to grant it when you have heard me. Go on then, said Frodo, what do you know? too much too many dark things said strider grimly but as for your business he got up and went to the door opened it quickly and looked out then he shut it quietly and sat down again i have quick ears he said, and though i cannot disappear i've hunted many wild and weary things and i can usually avoid being seen if i wish now i was behind the hedge this evening on the road west of Bree when four hobbits came out of the downlands i need not repeat all that they said to old or to one another but one thing interested me Please remember, said one of them, that the name of Baggins must not be mentioned. I am Mr. Underhill, if that name must be given. Do you remember saying that? That interested me so much that I followed them here. I slipped over the gate just behind them. Maybe Mr. Baggins has an honest reading for, reason for leaving his name behind, but if so, I should advise him and his friends to be more careful. I don't see what interest my name has for anyone in Bree, said Mr. Frodo angrily. And I still have to learn why it interests you, Mr. Strider that You may have an honest reason for spying and eavesdropping, but if so, I should advise him to explain it. Well answered, said Strider. But the explanation is simple. I was looking for a hobbit called Frodo Baggins. I wanted to find him quickly. I had learned that he was carrying out of the Shire well a secret that concerned me and my friends. Now don't mistake me, he cried, as Frodo rose from his seat and Sam jumped up with a scowl. I shall take more care of the secret than you do, and care is needed. He leaned forward and looked at them. Watch every shadow," said Strider in a low voice. "Black horsemen have passed through Bree. On Monday, one came down to the Greenway, they say, and another appeared later, coming up the Greenway from the south. There was a silence. At last, Frodo spoke to Pippin and Sam. Pippin and Sam. I ought to have guessed from the way the gatekeeper greeted us. The landlord seemed to have heard something. Why did he press us to join the company, and why on earth did we behave so foolishly? We ought to have stayed quiet in here. Mmm, it would have been better, said Strider. I would have stopped you going to the common room if I could, but the innkeeper would not let me in to see you or take a message. Do you think he, began Frodo. No, I don't think any harm of old Butterbur. Only he doesn't altogether like mysterious vagabonds of my sort. Frodo gave him a puzzled look. "'Well, I have a rather rascally look, have I not?' said Strider, with a curl of his lip and a queer gleam in his eye. "'But I hope we shall get to know each other better. When we do, I hope you'll explain what happened at the end of your song. For that little prank—' "'It was an accident!' interrupted Frodo. "'I wonder,' said Strider. "'Accident, then. That accident has made your position dangerous.' Or well, hardly more so than it was already,' said Frodo. "'I know these horsemen were pursuing me, and now at any rate they seem to have missed me and gone away.' "'You must not count on that,' said Strider sharply. "'They will return, and more are coming. "'There are others. "'I know their number. "'Number. "'I know these riders." "'He paused, and his eyes were cold and hard. "'There are some folk in Bree who could not be trusted,' he went on. "'Bill Fernie, for instance. "'He has an evil name in the Bree land, and the queer folk call it his house. "'You must have noticed him amongst the company, a swarthy, sneering fellow.' He was very close with one of the southern strangers, and they slipped out together after your... accident. Not all of those southerners mean well, and as for Fernie, he would sell anything to anybody, or make mischief for amusement. "'What would Fernie sell, and what would my accident have anything to do with him?' said Frodo, still determined not to undermine, or understand Strider's hints. "'Well, news of you, of course,' answered Strider. "'An account of your performance will be very interesting to certain people.' After that, they would hardly need to be told your real name. It seems to me only too likely that we'll hear of it before this night is over. Is that enough? You can do as you like about my reward, take me as your guide or not. But I may say that I know all the lands between here, the Shire and the Misty Mountains. For I've wandered over them for many years. I'm older than I look. I might prove useful. You'll have to leave the open road after tonight, for the horsemen will watch it night and day. You may escape from Brie and be allowed to go forward while the sun is up, but you won't go far. They'll come on you in the wild, in some dark place where there is no help. Do you wish them to find you? They're terrible. The hobbits looked at him and saw with surprise that his face was drawn as if with pain, and his hands clenched in the arms of his chair. The room was very quiet and still, and the light seemed to have grown dim. For a while he sat with unseeing eyes, as if walking in a distant memory or listening to sounds in the night far away. There, he said after a moment, drawing his hand across his brow. Perhaps I know more about these pursuers than you do. You fear them, but you do not fear them enough yet. Tomorrow you will have to escape, if you can. Strider can take you by the paths that are seldom trodden. Will you have them? There was a heavy silence. Frodo made no answer. His mind was confused with doubt and fear. Sam frowned and looked at his master, and then at last he broke out. With your leave, Mr Frodo, I'd say no. This strider here, he warns and says take care, and I say yes to that. And let's begin by taking care with him. He comes out of the wild and never heard no good of such folk. He knows something that's plain and more than I like, but there's no reason why we should let him go leading us out of the dark and the places far from help, as he puts it. Pippin fidgeted and looked uncomfortable. Strider did not reply to Sam but looked and turned his keen eyes to Frodo. Frodo caught his glance and looked away. No, he said slowly. I don't agree. I think I think you're not really as you choose to look. You began to talk to me like brief folk but your voice has changed. Still Sam seems right in this. I don't see why you should warn us to take care and yet ask us to take you in trust. Why the disguise? Who are you? What do you really know about about my business, and how do you know about it? Hm The lesson in caution has been well learned, said Strider with a smile. But caution is one thing, and wavering is another. You will never get to Rivendell now on your own, and to trust me is your only chance. You must make up your mind. I will answer some of your questions if that will help you to do so. But why should you believe my story if you don't trust me already? Still, here it is. At that moment, there came a knock at the door. <clears throat> Mr. Butterborough had arrived with candles, and behind him was Nob with cans of hot water. Strider withdrew into a dark corner. I've come to bid you good night, said the landlord. I put candles on the table. Nob, take the water to the rooms. He came in and shut the door. It's like this, he began, hesitating and looking troubled. If I've done any harm, I'm sorry indeed. But one thing drives out another, as you'll admit, and I'm a busy man. But first one thing, and then another this week, has jogged my memory as the saying goes. And it's not too late, I hope. You see, I was asked to look out for Hobbits of the Shire, and for one by the name of Baggins in particular. And what has this got to do with me? asked Frodo. Ah, you know best, said the landlord, knowingly. I won't give you away. But I was told that this Baggins would be going by the name of Underhill, and I was given a description that fits you well enough, if I might say so. Indeed, let's have it then, said Frodo, unwisely interrupting. A stout little fellow with red cheeks, said Mr Butterbur, solemnly, Pippin chuckled, but Sam looked indignant. That won't help much, that goes to most hobbits, Barley. Mr Butterbur continued with a glance at Pippin. But this one is taller than some and fairer than most, and is a cleft in his chin and a perky chap with bright eye. Begging your pardon. But he said it not me he said it. Who was he? asked Frodo. Ah, that was Gandalf. You know who I mean. A wizard they say he is, but he's a good friend of mine, whether or no. But now I don't know, know what he'll have to say to me if I see him again. Turn all my ale sour or turn me into a block of wood, I shouldn't wonder. He's a bit hasty. Still, what's done can't be undone. Well, well, what have you done? said Frodo, getting impatient with the slow unravelling of Butterborough's thoughts. Oh, where was I? said the landlord, pausing and snapping his fingers. <sniffs> Aha! Old Gandalf. Three months back, he walked right into my room without a knock. Barley, he says. I'm off in the morning. Will you do something for me? You've only got to name it, I said. I'm in a hurry, said he. I have no time myself, but I want a message took to the Shire. Have you anyone you can send and trust to go? I can find someone, I said. Tomorrow, maybe, or the day after, maybe after. Maybe tomorrow, he says. And then he gave me a letter. "'Is the address plain enough?' said Mr. Butterbur, producing the letter from his pocket and reading out the address slowly and proudly. He re- valued his reputation as a lettered man. "'Mr. Frodo Baggins Baggin Hobbiton in the Shire.' "'A letter for me from Gandalf!' cried Frodo. "'Ah!' said Butterbur. "'Then your name is Baggins.' "'It is,' said Frodo. "'And you'd better give me that letter at once and explain why you never sent it. Is that what you came to tell me, I suppose, "'that you've taken a long time to get to the point?' Poor Mr. Butterborough looked troubled. You're right, master, and I beg your pardon. But I'm mortal afraid of what Gandalf will say, if calm, harm comes of it. But I didn't keep it back on purpose. I put it by a safe, and then I couldn't find nobody willing to go to the Shire the next day, nor the day after, nor any of my own folk were to spare. And then one thing after another, it drove out of my mind. I'm a busy man. I'll do what I can to set matters right, if there's any help I can give. You've only had to name it. Leaving the letter aside, I promised Gandalf no less... Barley, he says to me, this friend of mine from the Shire, he may be coming out this way before long, him and another. He'll be calling himself Underhill, mind that. But you need ask no questions. And if I'm not with him, he may be in trouble and he may need help. Do whatever you can for him and I'll be grateful, he said. And here you are. And trouble is not far off, it seems. What do you mean, asked Frodo. Those riders, said the landlord, lowering his voice. They're looking for Baggins. And they mean well, well, I'm a hobbit. It was on Monday and all the dogs were yammering the geese were screaming. It was uncanny, I called it. Nob, he came and told me that two black men were at the door asking for a hobbit called Baggins. Nob's hair was all stood on end. I bid the black riders off and slammed the door on them. But they've been asking the same question all the way to I heard, And that ranger, Strider, he's been asking questions too. He tried to get in to see you before you'd had a bite of soup, he said. "'He did,' said Strider suddenly, coming forward into the light. "'And much trouble you would have saved if you'd let him in, barleyman." "'The landlord jumped at the surprise. "'You!' he cried. "'You're always popping up. "'What do you want now?' "'He's here with my leave,' said Frodo. "'He came to offer me his help.' "'Well, you know your own business, maybe,' said Mr. Butterbur, "'looking suspiciously at Strider. "'But if I was in your plight, I wouldn't be taking up with a ranger.' "'Then who would you take up with?' asked Strider.' A fat innkeeper who only remembers his own name because people shouted at him all day? They cannot stay in the pony forever, and they cannot go home. They have a long road before them. Will you go with them and keep the black men away? Me? Leave Bree? I wouldn't do that for any money, said Mr. Butterbur, looking really scared. And why can't you stay here for a bit, Mr. Underhill? What are all these strange going-ons? What are these black riders after? Where do they come from, I'd like to know. "'I'm sorry I can't explain it at all,' answered Frodo. "'I'm tired and very worried, and it's a long tale. "'But if you mean to help me, I ought to warn you "'that danger—that you will be in danger as long as I'm in your house. "'These black riders, I'm not sure, but I think they come from... "'They come from Mordor,' said Stroda in a low voice. "'From Mordor, Barleyman, if that means anything to you.' "'Save us!' cried Mister Butterbur, looking pale.' The name evidently was known to him. That is the worst news that has come to Bree in my time. It is, said Frodo. Are you still willing to help me? I am, said Mr. Butterborough, more than ever, though I don't know the likes of me can do against... against... He faltered. Against the shadow in the east, says Strider quietly. Not much, Barleyman, but every little helps. You can let Mr. Underhill stay here tonight, as Mr. Underhill. And you can forget the name of Baggins till he is far away. I'll do that, said Butterbur. But they'll find out he's here without any help from me, I'm afraid. It's a pity Mr. Baggins drew attention to himself this evening to say no more. The story of that Mr. Bilbo is gonna, going off, has been heard before tonight in Bree. Even our knob has been doing some quick, quick guessing on a slow pate. And there are others in Bree that are quicker than he is. Well, we can only hope the riders won't come back yet, said Frodo. I hope not indeed, said Butterbur. But spooks or no spooks, they won't be getting the pony so easily. Don't you worry till morning. Noble say no word. No black man shall pass my doors while I can stand on my legs. Me and my folk will keep watch tonight, and you best get some sleep if you can. In any case, we must be called at dawn, said Frodo. We must be off as early as possible. Breakfast at six thirty, please. Right, I'll see to the orders, said the landlord. Good night, mister Baggins, under I should say. Good night now, bless me. Where's your mister Brandybuck? I don't know, said Frodo with sudden anxiety. They'd forgotten all about Mary and it was getting late. I'm afraid he is out. He said something about going for fresh air. Well, you make no mistake. Your party might be on a holiday. (laughs) Ah, well, you do want looking after no mistake. Your party might be on a holiday, said Butterbur. I must go and bar the doors quick and see your friend as let in when he comes. I'd better send Nob to look out for him. Good night to you all. At last, Mr. Butterbur went up with another doubtful look at Strider and a shake of his head. His footsteps retreated down the passage. Well, said Strider, when are you going to open that letter? Frodo looked carefully at the seal before he broke it. It seemed certainly to be Gandalf's. Inside, written in the wizard's strong but graceful script, was the following message. The Prancing Pony, Bree, Mid-Year's Day, Shire, Year 1418. Dear Frodo, Bad news has reached me here. I must go off at once. You had better leave Bag End soon and get out of the Shire before the end of July at latest. I'll return as soon as I can and I will follow you if I find that you are gone. Leave a message for me here if you pass through Brie. You can trust the landlord Butterborough. You may meet a friend of mine on the road. A man, lean, dark, tall, by some called Strider. He knows our business and will help you. Make for Rivendell. There I hope we may meet again. If I do not... Auron will advise you. Yours in haste, Gandalf. P.S., do not use it again, not for any reason whatsoever, and do not travel by night. P.P.S., please make sure it's the real Strider. There are many strange men on the roads. His real name is Aragorn. All that is gold does not glitter, not all who wander are lost. The old is strong that does not wither, deep roots are not reached by the frost. From the ashes of fire shall be woken, a light from the shadows shall spring. Renewed shall be the blade that was broken, and the crownless again shall be king. PPP, yes, I hope Butterbur sends this promptly. A worthy man, but his memory is like a lumber room, things wanted always buried. If he forgets, I shall roast him. Farewell. Frodo read the letter to himself and passed it to Pippin and Sam. Really old Butterbur has made a mess of things, he said. He does deserve roasting. If I got this at once, we might all be safe in Rivendell by now. But what can have happened to Gandalf? He writes as if he was going into great danger. He's been doing that for many years now, said Strider. Frodo turned and looked at him thoughtfully, wondering about Gandalf's second proscript. Why didn't you tell me that you were Gandalf's friend at once, he asked. It would have saved time. Would it? Would any of you have believed me till now, said Strider? I knew nothing of this letter. For all I knew, I had to persuade you to trust me without proofs, if I was to help you anyway. In any case, I didn't intend to tell you all about myself at once. I had to study you first to make sure of you. The enemy has set traps before me before now. As soon as I'd made up my mind, I was ready to tell you whatever you asked, but I must admit, he added with a laugh, I hoped that you would take me for my own sake. A hunted man sometimes wearies of distrust and longs of friendship. But there, I believe my looks are against me. They are, at first sight at any rate, laughed Pippin with sudden relief after reading Gandalf's letter. But handsome is as handsome does, as we say in the Shire, and I dare say we should all look much the same after lying for days in hedges and ditches. It would take me more than a few days or weeks or years of wandering in the wild to make you look like Strider, he answered. And you would die first, unless you were made of sterner stuff than you look to be. Pippin subsided, but Sam was not daunted, and he eyed Strider dubiously. How do we know that you're a Strider that Gandalf speaks about, he demanded. You never mentioned Gandalf till this letter came out. You might be a play-acting spy for all I can see, trying to get us to go with you. You might have done in the, re- done in the real Strider and took his clothes. What do you have to say to that? Why, well, I, I say that you're a stout fellow, answered Strider, but I'm afraid my only answer to you, Sam Ganji, is this. If I had killed the real Strider, I could kill you, and I would have killed you already without so much talk. If I was to have the ring, I could have it right now. He stood up and seemingly grew taller. His eyes gleamed a light, keen and commanding. Throwing back his cloak, he laid his hand on the hilt of the sword that he had hung concealed by his side. They did not dare move. Sam sat wide-mouthed and stared at him dumbly. But I am the real Strider, fortunately, he said looking down at them with his face softened by a smile. I am Aragorn, son of Arathorn, and if by life or death I can save you, I will. There was a long silence. At last Frodo spoke with hesitation. I believe that you were a friend before the letter came, he said, or at least I wish to. You have frightened me several times tonight, but never in the way that servants of the enemy would, or so I imagine. I think one of his spies would, well seem fairer and feel fouler if you understand i see i look fouler and feel fair is that it all that is gold and glitter and all those who wander not all those who wander are lost did that verse apply to you then asked Frodo. i cannot make what they are about but how do you know they were and Gandalf- gandalf's letter if you've never seen it did not know he answered but I am Aragorn and those verses go with that name he drew out his sword and they saw that the blade was indeed broken a foot below the hilt not much use is it Sam said Strider but the time is near we will be forged anew Sam said nothing well said Strider with Sam's permission we will call that settled Strider will be your guide we shall sure have road enough tomorrow even if we are allowed to leave Bree unhindered we can hardly hope now to leave it unnoticed but I shall try to get lost as soon as possible. I know one or two ways out of Breeland other than the main road, and if once we shake off the pursuit, I shall make for Weathertop. Weathertop, said Sam, what's that? It's a hill, just to the north of the road and halfway from here to Rivendell. Command's a wide view all around, and there we shall have a chance to look about us. Gandalf will make for that point if he follows us. After Weathertop, our journey will become more difficult, we have to choose between various dangers. When did you last see Gandalf, asked Frodo. Do you know where he is or what he's doing? Strider looked grave. I, I don't know, he said. I came west with him in the spring. I've often kept watch on the borders of the Shire in the last few years when he was busy elsewhere. He seldom left it unguarded. We last met on the 1st of May at Sand Ford down at the Brandywine. He told me that his business with you had gone well and that you'd be starting for Rivendell in the last week of September. As I knew he was at your side, I went on a journey of my own, and that has proved ill, for plainly some news reached him, and I was not at hand to help. I am troubled for the first time since I have known him. If we should have had messages, even if he could not come to himself, we should have had messages. When I returned many days ago, I heard ill news. The tidings had gone far and wide that Gandalf was missing and the horsemen had been seen. It was the elven folk of Gildor that told me this, and later they told me that you'd left your home, but there was no news of you or leaving Buckland. I've been watching the East Road anxiously. Do you think the Black Riders have anything to do with it, with with Gandalf's absence, I mean? asked Frodo. I do not know of anything else that could have hindered him, except for maybe the enemy himself, said Strider. But do not give up hope. Gandalf is greater than you Shire folk know. As a rule, you only see his jokes and toys but this business of ours will be his greatest task. Pippin yawned. I am sorry, he said, but I am dead tired. In spite of all the danger and worry, I must go to bed or sleep where I sit. Now where is that silly fellow, fellow Mary? It would be the last straw if we had to go out in the dark to look for him. At that moment they heard a door slam. Then feet came running along the passage. Mary came in with a rush followed by Nob. He shut the door hastily and leaned against it. He was out of breath. They stared at him in alarm for a moment before he gasped. "'I've seen them, Frodo! I've seen them! The Black Riders!' "'Black Riders?' cried Frodo. Where? "'Here, in the village!' I stayed indoors for an hour. Then you did not come back. I just went for a stroll. I had come back again and was standing outside the light for the lamp looking at the stars, and suddenly I shivered and felt like something horrible was creeping near, and there was a sort of deeper shade amongst the shadows across the road and be beyond the edge of the lamplight. It slid away at once into the dark without a sound. There was no horse. Which way did it go, asked Strider, suddenly and sharply. Mary started, noticing the stranger for the first time. Go on, said Frodo. This is a friend of Gandalf's, I'll explain later. It it seemed to make off up the road eastward. I tried to follow, of course. It vanished almost at once, but I went round the corner and on as far as the road, to that last house on the road. Strider looked at Mary with wonder. You have a stout heart, but it was foolish. I, I don't know, said Mary. Neither brave nor silly, I think. I, I-, I could hardly help myself. I seemed to be drawn somehow. A- anyway, I went and suddenly I heard voices by the hedge. One was muttering and the other was whispering or, or hissing. I couldn't hear a word that was being said but I didn't creep any closer because I began to tremble all over and I felt terrified and I turned back and was just going to bolt home when something came behind me and I, I, I fell over. I found him, sir, put, put a knob. Mr. Butterbur sent me out with a lantern. I went down the west gate and then back up towards the south gate, just nigh Bill Fernie's house. I thought I could see something on the road. I couldn't swear to it, but it looked as if to me, two men were stooping over something, lifting it. I gave a shout. But when I got up to the spot, there was no sign of them, and only Mr Brandybuck lying on the roadside. He seemed to be asleep. I thought I'd fallen into deep water, he says to me, when I shook him. Very queer he was, and as soon as I'd roused him, he got up and ran back here like a hare. I'm afraid that's true, said Mary. Though I don't know what I said. I had an ugly dream, which I can't remember. I went to pieces. I don't know what came over me. I do, said Strider. The black breath. The riders must have left their horses outside and passed back through the south gate in secret. They'll know all the news now, for they have visited Bill Fernie and probably that southerner is a spy as well. Something may happen in the night before we leave Bree. What will happen? said Mary. Will they attack the inn? No, I think not, said Strider. They are not all here yet. In any case, it's not their way. In dark and loneliness, they are strongest. They will not openly attack a house where the lights and are bright and there are many people. Not until they are desperate, not while the long legs of Ereida still lie before us. But their power is in terror, and already some and Bria are in their clutch. They will drive these wretches to evil work, Fernie and some of the strangers, and maybe even the gatekeeper. They had words with Harry at Westgate on Monday. I was watching them. He was white and shaking when they left him. Oh, we seem to have enemies all round, said Frodo. What are we to do? Stay here, and do not go to your rooms. They are sure to have found which those are. The hobbit rooms have windows looking north and close to the ground. We will all remain together and bar this window and the door. But first, Nob and I will fetch your luggage. While Strider was gone, Frodo gave Mary a rapid account of all that had happened since supper. Mary was still reading and pondering Gandalf's letter when Strider and Nob returned. Well, masters, said Nob, I've ruffled up the clothes and put a bolster down the middle of each bed, and I made a nice imitation of you the brown mat, Mister Mr. Underhill, he said. Pippin laughed. Very lifelike. But what will happen when they have penetrated the disguise? We shall see, said Trader. Let us hope to hold the fort till morning. Good night to you, said Nob, and went off to take his part on the watch on the doors. Their bags and gear they piled on the parlour floor. They pushed a low chair against the door and shut the window. Peering up, Frodo saw that the night was still clear. The sickle, which is the hobbit's name for the plough or the great bear, "'was swinging bright above the shoulders of Breehill. "'He then closed and barred the heavy inside shutters "'and drew the curtains together. Strider built up the fire and blew out the candles. "'The hobbits lay down on their blankets "'with their feet towards the hearth, "'but Strider settled himself into the chair against the door. "'They talked for a little, "'for Mary still had several questions to ask. "'Jumped over the moon,' chuckled Mary "'as he rolled himself in his blanket. "'Very ridiculous of you, Frodo, "'but I wish I'd been there to see.' The worthies of Bree will be discussing this for a hundred years from now. I hope so, said Strider, And they all fell silent. And one by one, the hobbits dropped off to sleep.